You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. If someone is not saved, and, and there are different terms the Bible uses for salvation, you know, being born again, that's the initial step to be saved, that you won't be damned, that you're not headed for uh, the place called hell, you're headed for heaven. Uh, but if you're not saved, listen, this ought to be your greatest fear. This ought to be man's greatest fear, and that is fear of judgment and punishment. If you're a believer, you have nothing to fear. This doesn't mean that you should go running out in traffic or stepping off of cliffs. Those are bad choices. But death, one of man's greatest sources of fear, doesn't need to scare you. You can have confidence that God is with you, and when you do die, you'll be with Him. But as Pastor Danny warns in today's message, for those who reject Christ, the story is much different. Death and what comes after are a good cause to be afraid. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. We left off chapter 4, 1 John, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. He initiated the love. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete among us, or complete in us. Now, in this study, we've already talked a lot of practical issues in regard to love. One particular message, 1 John 3, verses 11 through 24 we looked especially at very practical ways that we should love one another as Christians. And just a reminder, it's the number one evidence that we're truly Christ's disciples. That's what Jesus himself said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Then verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we've talked about that already in our study. That's one of the genuine evidences or evidences of a genuine believer. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are God's child. Then verse 14, and we've seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. And he says it again, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God in God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will, have, we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. We've also talked about that. Uh, another verse is if we're really genuine, that we will walk as Jesus did. And we looked at practical ways that is worked out and what it looks like. And here's really the focus in this section uh, in the context of the love of God is verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Just note, fear does not go easily. It's driven out because fear has to do with punishment. 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That ties in with verse 17, that his love is made complete among us. And the idea of both of those uh, Greek words, it's a progressive thing. It doesn't happen all at once. But the more the love of God is made complete in my life as a Christian, the less I'll fear. And certainly I won't fear punishment and judgment. Last few verses. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. There John goes. He just doesn't waste words. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so the context is the love of God, but the specific focus, verse 18, that perfect love drives out fear. Now, we'll all know this, but I need to say it anyway. Some fear is not bad. It's good. Okay? Uh, The fear that causes you to flee from danger is a good fear. For example, if you think you can walk out on US-19 when the light is green and all the cars are coming, and you think, well, I'm not afraid. No, you're stupid. Acts 5.11, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The events they heard about specifically was Ananias and Sapphira. God took their lives because they lied to the Holy Spirit. And even the church, there was a fresh holy fear. They weren't fearing hell. They weren't fearing that God's going to damn them. But they went, whoa, our father, he's serious about this thing, about lying to him. Let me read you one more. Philippians 2 verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Again, it's a holy fear, godly fear. Now, if someone is not saved, and and there are different terms the Bible uses for salvation, you know, being born again, that's the initial uh, step to be saved, that you won't be damned, that you're not headed for uh, the place called hell, you're headed for heaven. Uh, But if you're not saved, listen, this ought to be your greatest fear. This ought to be man's greatest fear, and that is fear of judgment and punishment after the judgment. Hebrews 10, 31, it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's talking about somebody who's not saved. Dreadful thing. Dreadful. Jesus said this, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Jesus said that. I I don't know if you're aware of this, but listen, everyone has an innate sense regarding eternity. Everybody. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He, God, has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Every single person ever born. The creator, the creator put within us, every man, every woman, every person, in innate sense, we know, we know that death is not the end. Now, we might not know, depending on how, where we grew up and what kind of teaching we had, we might not know what's after death, but we know something is because the creator put that in us. Everybody's going to stand before God on a future day of judgment. Every person, saved and unsaved. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, that's believer and unbeliever. That's saved and unsaved. For the Christian, it's at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're not judged in regard to whether we're saved or not there. We're already saved. 
We've already applied the blood. We received Christ. We'll be judged based on our, our service. One of the verses in the letter to the Corinthian church tells us that some people will lose reward because of failure in the Christian life, yet they'll be saved. And it actually, it actually basically says some people are just going to get in by the skin of their teeth just, be, just by faith in Christ, but they're not going to have a real, hey, welcome, good to see you. I mean, good to see you, but it'll be, it'll be disappointing from the standpoint that they failed in their Christian life and they lost reward that they could have had. They may not hear, well done good and faithful servant. And unbelievers are going to stand at the great white throne judgment. Now, why, why do they call it the great white throne? Seminaries, theological circles call it the great white throne judgment. Well, go with me to Revelation chapter 20, and you'll see right away why they call it the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, verse 11. John writes, and he says, Then I saw a great white throne, great white throne judgment, and him who was seated on it, Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, those who were kings in this life, those who were rich, and those who were nobodies and paupers, standing before the throne, and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? God's recording things. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Fascinating. Uh, Christians, if Jesus tarries, will only die once. Unbelievers will die twice. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Other places it's called the Lamb's Book of Life, appropriate slope, appropriate, appropriately so, uh, because Jesus is the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. But it's only applied if you receive him. It's a gift that has to be received. Now, some people can read verses like this or hear somebody uh, talk about it, teach on it, preach about it, and they go, I just, I, I don't believe that kind of stuff. You better be right. You better be right. Because if it's true and it's what the Bible says, I got to tell you, I have a hard time still today when I sit and really think about eternal damnation for those who don't know Christ as Savior. I have a hard time coming to terms with that. But it's clearly what the Bible teaches. It's clearly what the Bible teaches. Jesus is the appointed judge in both of these judgments. John 3.16 shares that we know love because He, that is Jesus, laid down His life for us. Jesus didn't have to do this. He was well situated in heaven with the Father, enjoying the perfect life that exists there. But Jesus knew the depth of love that the Father has for His creation, and He Himself shares that heartfelt compassion. Your Savior came to earth willingly, knowing that He'd be ridiculed, mocked, and sent to die a painful death. He did this for you so that you too could one day know the perfection of heaven and the blessing of dwelling with Him for eternity. Would you like to know more about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? Please send us an email at info at ccfstpete.com. 
ccfpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We'd be honored to tell you more. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Tune into our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for another edition of The Living Word. The power.